Welcome to the Post-Traumatic Faith Podcast with Jill Riley. On this podcast, Jill shares stories of living a life of faith and mental illness. Jill is a popular speaker, pastor, and author who speaks from her experience living with complex PTSD, a major depressive disorder, anxiety disorder, and a dissociative disorder. And now, here's your host, Jill Riley. Hey, thanks for listening in to Post Traumatic Faith, a podcast devoted to the topics of mental illness and faith. My prayer is that through listening to my experience of what faith looks like after trauma, you can find a little hope and a little joy in your own story. Today's story is called Magnification. Recently, I bought a magnifying makeup mirror. It's like 10 times magnifying. And as I was looking in this mirror, my one thought was, it would sure be nice if my friends would tell me that I have a mustache. So I fixed that right away. But for a woman who formerly had a mustache, you may think that I didn't have much self-pride. However, I do, a lot of it. And I recently looked through a different kind of mirror, and much like my mustache, I saw things in my own life that I didn't like. A friend was talking about somebody with bipolar disorder and comparing them to me, and I found my inner pride getting all prickly. Um, I was thinking, bipolar people aren't like me, and then this ugly thought came squirting out of my brain like toothpaste from an uncapped tube that had been stepped on. And the thought was this, they're not really sick. They just need to control their behavior and their words. I no sooner could have stopped this thought than I could have kept the sun from rising this morning. Why was this thought even in my brain? And it's because It was embedded bias in my own mind and my own heart and kept unchecked, it can grow wild. I go almost every week to a NAMI group. That's the National Association for Mental Illness. It's a grassroots group that meets together twice a week to just support one another. And there's people there that have uh, schizophrenia, that are schizoaffective, that have bipolar disorder, that have major depressive disorder, PTSD, anxiety disorders, and dissociative disorders. There's all kinds of people there. And much like people um, in recovery from chemical addiction, you'll find that there's great commonality with one another based on the fact that we understand that everybody struggles and that everybody is, is there because they need support from the other person. I would no sooner look at somebody in that group and say, oh, your illness is so much less impactful than mine, or your situation, your circumstances should never have affected you like this. You've just taken it way far to the extreme. I mean, who am I to compare one illness or its impact on somebody to another? That's like comparing 
people who have different cancers to one another. I remember when my daughter had cancer, people would, uh, with solid mass cancers that take a, a shorter term of treatment or who had breast cancer would say, we're so sorry that you have to deal with a blood cancer or because the blood and the bone cancers and some of the, um, some of the growing malignant type tumors take so much longer to treat. And I used to think, why are you comparing? It's all cancer and it's all devastating and it's all hard for us to deal with our children. How dare we compare with one another? But I truly believe that the more normative it becomes for people to speak of mental illness in polite and respectful conversations, the easier it will be for us to manage our own attitudes. Think about it. There was a time where we didn't talk about learning delays or chromosomal abnormalities with any respect. We called people retarded and slow. And now with coaching and corrective conversation, we don't do that anymore. And I hope that there is a day coming that I can look in the mirror and see that I have treated other people with mental illness with the same kind of love and respect that I crave and that I truly deserve. So as we travel through this week, let me just leave you with this thought and encouragement. Let's you and I work together to break down the stigmas of mental illness in the faith communities. And let me just put a little, uh, a little trailer on the end of this conversation. When it comes to faith communities, oftentimes it's hard to talk about mental illness because there are those within faith communities that have shamed sufferers of mental illness uh, because they believe that they need to overcome whatever their mental malady is with scripture and with praying and with that alone and not accept treatment, or that they just believe that Um, I've even heard of casting out the demons of the illness and not that I don't believe that there aren't, uh, forces in our world that are not to our benefit, um, and that are working against us. I don't, I don't mean to say that at all, but I do mean to say that we need to quit shaming people in our faith communities for being ill and begin to walk with them as they walk through their faith and through through their life experience and their illness. So let's do what we can to break down the stigmas. And thank you for joining me on this journey. Thanks for listening to the Post-Traumatic Faith Podcast with Jill Riley. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can follow Jill on social media, on Facebook, facebook.com slash jillreilly.author on Instagram at jillreilly.author, or on Twitter at jillreillyauthor. You can reach Jill via email, jill at jillreilly.org. Thanks for listening.